And welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Perspective, aka PCP. Uh, you are now rocking with the hostess with the mostest, Poetic Soul, and Meepster. Uh, so today, we're going to continue along the lines of, you never know what you're going to get when you tune in. <laughs> our, titles, <laughs> our titles don't tell you nothing. I know. I make them. I'm the, the one who's responsible for that. <laughs> I aspire to be like the guys from Rick and Morty who, if you ever get a chance, just read their bios for like the episodes. It sounds like a frat boy was given that job and he does it very Rick and Morty-ish. That's cool. So what have you been up to? Mm, I just finished a paper about violence and drug use. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, What class was that <laughs> it for, was for my, <laughs> it was for my psychology class um it's like a human violence and aggression or something the subject. Mm, yeah and so we had to write in a research paper but our professor actually designed it to be like a a letter to oh. whoever like it could be for the governor or it could be for like the president of like the companies NRA? or the NRA mm. and so we basically have to write like a business research letter about um, something that involves violence and how we want to change it in our society so I wrote about drug use and addiction and how like we need more preventive programs especially in colleges because that's where alcohol and drugs are the most prevalent for those who are unaware sorry to cut you off uh between the difference between retroactive and preventative like models yeah there is there's like stuff that's retroactive in scope okay i I thought you meant like that's what i said and i no no i'm just saying like so other people understand that what these two words are. Do you mind giving us a little... Well, I can tell you what preventive. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. Preventive. So preventive is basically preventing or keeping you from harming yourself to an extent if we're talking about addiction. So preventing you from the risk of addiction, preventing you from being addicted to drugs. Uh preventing you from overdosing stuff like that and usually that comes with decriminalizing the idea of what addiction is yeah and so in my paper i talk about um like the stigma Mm -hmm. of addiction and the stigma of drug use because drug use the stigma on drug addiction is a lot more mm, I guess dehumanizing in society because like it's seen as the the criminality of it Mm -hmm. the risk behaviors of it Mm -hmm. and like the potential um causes of death for it yeah and so um so i feel like you know it's been years where we have been showcasing 
all the consequences like the consequential like measures of it yeah like, that's this how, is your brain on drugs yeah and that's me every weekend on week and that's how well that's how <laughs> the media perceives it and mm-hmm. that's how like these stereotypes and these biases against people who have addictions or who do drugs that's how they come into play with the stigma stigmatization of it yeah and so in my paper i wrote like how it'd be really cool if we had more harm reduction programs in schools and not just like focusing on needle exchange but Mm. you know focusing on um like workshops and classes or even like 12 step or smart recovery support groups Mm -hmm. that can help students like if they feel like um they do have a problem with uh, with drugs and just don't know where to go Mm -hmm. and i feel like you know 12 step programs and um, other like forms of recovery models in the community like they're really great but Mm -hmm. Um, I know when I was going to like AA, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, for like my internships and stuff, um, it felt not that it felt it felt weird because there was a lot of people who weren't my age, mm. and so I thought like I think it would be nicer to be around a group of people that are your age and like kind of be able to connect with each other on that level because sometimes like um like i'm not saying that you know people who are older um you know that they their experience isn't like the same but like we're social creatures we connect socially with people we feel have gone through things that are similar to our own experiences and it's easier to believe somebody around your age has gone through stuff like life-wise more similar even topic of talking like oh you know power rangers (laughs) tommy oliver all the way (laughs) i love kimberly and there you go you know little things like that that can help break the ice yeah and maybe even the way i feel like drugs can be looked at can be generalized like from generations and things of that nature Mm -hmm. for some of the help so I understand that. I can I can get how that can feel a little alienating when you're trying to seek help and you don't see somebody that, that looks like your representation. Yeah. And yeah. um I didn't really touch upon it on this paper exactly, but I I've always wanted to like start a program or, you know, get into like create a support group for people of color for um like mental health issues and like groups for like addiction and like depression and anxiety and stuff like that because i feel like especially in asian cultures Mm -hmm. i feel like um you know there's a lot of denial with what mental health is or that it does it exist or does it not like i know my my parents grew growing up they didn't believe that mental health existed and like it's it's almost like if you close your eyes hard enough the typhoon won't hit you but i mean (laughs) at least if you close your eyes you won't see when it does that's funny because you know the philippines just got hit by a typhoon too soon i didn't know that uh let's talk on that a little bit later in the show 
But I do want to keep on the subject of drug addiction and just like the way we view it, because that is really closely related to to race, especially the way we view it, I want to say, in America. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, when when Nixon came into office or was at least running, he he really had it out for for Mexicans. Mm -hmm. And in his eyes, he was like, what? What do these people who are like trying to fight against the wars that I want and like trying to stop my my rule? Uh, what do they like, and what can I take away from them and make them othered to the middle yeah. class white American so I can continue getting their votes and their support? And he was like, "The kids like marijuana." That was a horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible uh, impersonation of of Nixon, but. He was like, I'm gonna get these kids and I'm gonna go and make this illegal and criminalize it. And he did. And it's interesting because, like, you know, drugs have been illegal, I guess, to possess or to use for so long. But yet, so many people still use it and still have access to it. So it's like, obviously, whatever we're doing right now, it's not working. Yes. I, I completely agree. It's not working from the social standpoint of you think that the war on drugs is about drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not you per se, yeah. but society thinks that our views on what drugs are is shaped based off of a moral standpoint mm -hmm. and not based off of a, it is allowing people in a certain position to continue to have that position by by i want to say having another thing that they can oppress people with like legitimately it's oh your community like drugs my community also likes drugs but because you guys don't have access to the type of drugs we have access to we're gonna definitely criminalize the stuff that you guys have and also guess what sell drugs in your community yeah there's um in one of the articles i was reading there was something about um drug drug usages and you know how there's like in the DSM-5, there's a whole, like, criteria of what makes a person that has substance abuse disorder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, there is this thing saying that people who often are rich and are able to, like, get a hold of drugs are less likely to become addicted than people who are um, in lower class and can easily go into like homelessness and um, easily get into like mental health issues because they don't have the funds to provide like their safety mm -hmm. and people who are rich do have the funds to like go to rehab go to rehab like go to pay for their hospital bills um, you know, pay off the media if they're like a celebrity and stuff like that. Hire a lawyer that would assist them in the legal system if they're caught. Yes. Uh, That's why like celebrities get away. Like, <laughs> by the way, we're doing a, I'm doing a bet for myself that every time I say like, that one doesn't count. I <laughs> have to pay 25 cents per like. So it's like, Dang, um. <laughs> set, uh, set yourself up for failure. So I'm going to be donating that money to one of the um, disaster reliefs for the typhoon that just happened in the Philippines. So, yay. I'm also doing a Meepster fundraiser in, like, 
January for this too, but I'm just saying. We'll post some information and you guys you guys can check it out. Check it. Like check it. Nike. But okay, so we've talked a little bit a little bit about the criminalization of of drugs in our society and how it's like shaped historically. Uh I think that it's interesting that there's been a recent like opio- opioid addiction has been rapping. So more and more people have been like, um, drug addiction is a mental thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, obviously in the nineties, it was just say no to drugs and yeah. da 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 rather than obviously what you're trying to propose. Well, I mean, there's three. Sorry. To no, please go, go, go. You there's- are the the leader in this dance. Um, there's three, (laughs) there's three, so there's three categories that we base it on to assess someone who may have an addiction, and that's the biopsychosocial, so biology, psychology, and their social environment. So, biology is like their genetics. Do Mm -hmm. does anybody in their family also suffer from addiction? Um, or any other mental health issues or any like physical issues um, with their health and then the psychology of it is um, could also be like related to like mental health or like what traumas have they have gone through but haven't been able to um, process that experience in Mm. whichever way or the environment like is there people around them that are also doing the same things? Are they also doing drugs? So that's why, like, you know, some people who are in gangs, mm-hmm. they often, like, you know, do drugs together because... That's part of the socioeconomic, the, like, yeah. standpoint. That's their worldview and the culture that's been created within that sphere. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It's sad, but and it makes sense. Yeah, and so I also want to bring up that, like, not a lot of people who not a lot of people understand that drug addiction isn't about being addicted to the drugs it's about being addicted to the feeling that the drugs give you so it's like when people drink alcohol like you keep hitting the table and just making the mic shake every time (laughs) okay far there. So I'm Fat Joe with it, just leaning back. But yeah, you're saying when people drink. Oh yeah, so a lot of times when people drink, it's usually to oh, um, like I had a hard day at work, mm-hmm. so I want to drink this stress away. I don't like how you're looking straight at me. <laughs> <laughs> the the whole me time you're looking at the mic, and as soon as <laughs> I had a hard day at work, <laughs> I don't even remember what you said because I was just hurt by the words. You made that correlation. I did make that correlation because your eyes made eye contact. (laughs) Like, the whole time, just looking down and then when you're stressed at work, (laughs) walked into a pitfall that I didn't feel attacked. But, I mean, I'm not saying that, like... (laughs) Addiction. (laughs) Alcohol. Stress. Hard day at work. (laughs) Okay. Focus. Okay. So, 
for example, mm-hmm. people who have a hard day at work <laughs> can, <laughs> you know, may want to like drink wine after work because they want to. <laughs> Whatever you choose. <laughs> We're going to be a casualty of this statement. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, For example. Yes. (laughs) People. May want to shoot a heroin after work. There we go. That's a great example. Or, okay. So, well, okay. Let's just go a little bit deeper than that. Um, A lot of. I want, yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't always start out with, oh, because they had some traumatic experience. This is why they do drugs. It's Mm -hmm. often because at first it's like a curiosity. Yeah, it usually kills cats. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But cats have nine lives, so. The other side of that saying is uh, satisfaction. Satisfaction brought it back for more. Because it's addicted now. <laughs> and it's going to use up those nine lives. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to... And that's all for this segment. <laughs> so most people, when it comes to drug use, they usually start because it's... Because they're curious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe their friends are doing it and they introduce them to a particular drug like marijuana. And then, um, or, you know, they go to a festival and, you know, other people around them are like, hey, take this pill of ecstasy and you'll feel great type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so. That often happens. Yes. To me. <laughs> at music festivals. <laughs> And they're right. <laughs> oh, I feel great. Out, you know, back in the day when I used to. Um... <laughs> Anyways, so it's usually curiosity starts it, and then they're like, "Oh shit, this is cool," and then they start to their Seek brain it. starts to you know organize the information of like, "Oh, this feels good." So when I feel like shit, like another day. I'm going to just use this drug to just feel that feeling again so I don't have to feel the shitty feeling. And oftentimes, this is a kicker for everybody. Once again, it's not about the drug. It's about the feeling. We can get a similar effect from when we wake up answering our phones, seeing if there's new notifications, there's new people who have hit us up because it's like that instant shot of, serotonin going into our minds dopamine there we go it's the it's, it's the, the instant, instant shot yes. of dopamine going into our mind because you know all through the night you're expecting you already have this expectation that like oh like i'm waiting for this text that i've been waiting for it's been a week so i don't think this date's gonna happen on sunday <laughs> uh 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 abort abort <laughs> abort anyways so yes, you're completely right. Except it's not serotonin. Yes, what you mean, but, I apologize. Um, See, this is girl. <laughs> take the lead. Dopamine Educate is me. the pleasure 
neurotransmitter. So, and actually the way that dopamine works, it's not necessarily about the, I guess the happiness of like the, the pleasure of in the moment. It's more of the anticipation Mm -hmm. of that You're anticipating, they did a study where it's like they took people's phones and they put it down and they said, you can't touch your phone. Mm -hmm. And just the idea of, oh man, I might be missing out on something or when I get back to my phone, I might see something that wasn't there previously, which is like somebody caring and da da da. Mm-hmm. That anticipation, that build up, built up more yeah. like in their system until they reached their phone and then it was a Gushers commercial and I was just like, wow. If there's no notification, then you're just severely depressed. Which is why I'm so cool <laughs> without being by my phone because there's almost no notifications. <sighs> okay, I'm sorry. I did but send you a TikTok, though. I appreciate the fact that you live in the same house as me, and you could have just been like... Actually, I, the only reason I even knew that you sent me a TikTok was because you told me. <laughs> I didn't even look at the phone. I just... She was like, oh, I sent you a TikTok. And I was like, oh, I have a phone? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I will say I... Obviously, it's not to the same degree. I feel that when you chase certain drugs in terms of like the levels of dopamine released, but they're they're all different. Okay, um, and they all depend on how much tolerance you have on that particular drug. Because obviously, people would just buy phones and then go MIA and then pick them up if they could reach those same highs, and it was that simple. Yes. But, like, me thinking about wanting to get an iPhone Mm. is more exciting than me actually getting the iPhone. I love window shopping. When the PS5 came out, I put that in my car three or four times. I knew I wasn't going to get it. Not because I didn't have the money, but because I was shopping at Walmart and the cart was going to break down. (laughs) But just, just, just the idea was like, yes. Yes. I also, for me, I get more, like... The amount of adrenaline I get from just buying concert tickets <laughs> is I feel more excited and energized than when I'm actually at the concert. Mm. Like, it coming up to the concert, I'm still not excited. The day of the concert, I'm like, okay, it's here. I'm happy. But nothing beats that feeling of buying the tickets and waiting in line to get those tickets. And finally having them bought because you saved all your money to buy these tickets and you waited for that anticipation to get these tickets for these shows for this artist that you want and then there you go you know there's a life lesson in there and i hope you all heard it it's not the destination but the journey you have to fall in love with the process because once you get to that goal, it's fleeting. It's gone. You spend most of your time working towards something. And when you get to that peak, it's always just a moment. Yes, I totally agree. And there's this thing that they say in recovery. And it's recovery is not about the destination. It's about the journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to close off on this topic of addiction and drug use, um, the reason why I talked about what's it called harm reduction (laughs) i'm happy you remembered my paper is because i feel like no matter what 
people are going to use drugs and you know why should we blame them and put them in jail and what's that called ostracize them yes there's another word that i'm thinking of but i can't think of it but you know why should we do that when it hasn't been helping yes it's just and especially with our criminal justice system that we have talked about in our previous episode it just makes people keep doing the same patterns over and over and over because of what society thinks of people who have gone to jail and committed crimes and unfortunately drugs are also part of that crime and um so i would rather have safe measures where we can educate students about how alcohol and drugs impact the college setting and how like the psychology behind drug use not just like the consequences of uh, alcohol or cocaine or heroin Mm -hmm. like we don't I mean, the symptoms and the the health risks are really important, but it also puts a it puts this notion of like don't do this, mm-hmm. you know, the whole like dare thing, like drugs are bad. Yeah, um, that's why they recently changed their like whole marijuana and drugs are bad data to trying to create more awareness around yeah. what drugs addiction is. Yeah, and so I feel like the narrative needs to change into that perspective of not what it is but why it is why does it do this to us mm-hmm. how does it do this to us and you know what type of people are most likely to do it and so that's um how i wanted to address um future programs if there were to ever be some at CSULA because that's where i wrote my letter to um but also with harm reduction I feel like there's a lot of information that our peers can just tell us about. Mm. You know, like when we drink, we should drink more water so we're not too drunk. Or um, when it comes to taking ecstasy, don't drink too much water or else you can drown from it. Do you feel like access to information instead of, well, you know, I feel like that's the same thing with anything. The more you know, the yeah. the more you can do. The more awareness you have and the more you understand of the physical and mental effects of what it could do to you. Yes, that's what makes Batman such a such a good superhero cuz he apparently has the ability to know a lot and in knowing a lot, he can prepare. Mm-hmm. And in preparing, you can be ready cuz that's what prepared means. <laughs> I, I am Batman. That was Where's bad. Rachel? That was, that was horrible. Uh, um, but so, yeah, I I feel that if they do make that transition into just like giving information, because I'm a big proponent of that, we'd even see a change in the way that we do handle a lot of our justice system stuff. Because most of the people who are in prison yeah. are for petty like crimes such as that, such such as like drugs and things of that nature and they're consistently cycling in and out until say for california you get like three strikes and now oh, yeah. man tim allen ratted you out and you're doing a whole bid 
Like, yeah, Tim yeah. Allen from from <laughs> from Home Improvement. Okay. Like, he did a he uh, ratted some people out before he became famous because oh. he got caught with like a pound of cocaine or something. Like like. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, um, so yeah, I feel like those, like the perspective of drugs, just really needs to be changed. And okay. so yeah, that's what I wrote about. That's what I did in summer camp quarantine. <laughs> that's what. That's how that little. That's what I wrote about. Sounded like. <laughs> and that's my it presentation. Really does feel like summer camp quarantine, except you know we have to learn stuff still. Oh, well, you know, summer camp, you learn things. I get You're it. supposed to, it. yeah. Because the whole point is to consistently teach children, period. Because they are the world. So, speaking of teaching and children, none of that matters about what I'm about to say. <laughs> We've been watching a lot of anime, and we wanted to leave you guys on a high note. <laughs> In reference to the whole addiction well, episode that we just anime, did. But it's a cartoon that has Asian essences to it. She's showing a sticker off. So, what anime have you been watching? I've been watching... To be honest, I haven't really been watching anime. But if I were to pick an anime that I'm watching... Um, actually, you know, when it comes to anime, I feel like I have to binge anime in order to feel like I'm watching anime. Does that... I get it. I get it. We're spoiled. <laughs> I get it. You know, I feel... That anime was the first bingeable stuff. Yes. Because think about how we received anime over in the States. It was usually in VHS. Uh, when Naruto came out, YouTube was popping and like Naruto.com was popping. So you had to watch 1A, then 1B. And then you're like, oh man, there's so many episodes already out. Let me just yeah. watch all these subs. Yeah, because it's already it's already been made in Japan. So it was easier for them to just do the dubbing for it and then just release it. Yeah, whereas before then, to binge something, you had to get the box set of something and... VHS. Yeah, sit there and watch the whole thing, then take out one disc, put in another disc. It wasn't happening like that. You watch two episodes of Soprano and you're like, man, I'm tired. I'm going to go to sleep now. I've been watching that time I got reincarnated as a slime. That's cool. I heard it's funny. You know, I laugh at this so often and i'm pretty sure you guys have heard a, a toned down version of my laugh on this show already but it's pretty obnoxious your I'm, voice is very like mellow today you know i'm trying to be a fellow who is mellow not yellow just mellow like a fellow not othello though i love playing othello which is a I'm game i'm gonna say like nikki bello but you don't know who she is but you know maybe you filipinos do <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised the people I do and do not know, but one of those people right now is not going to be a surprise. Of the people I do know and not know. I just want you to, everybody out here who can't see her eyeing me, she legitimately just made a threat to my life. <laughs> I was just telling her the celebrities I might know, but she's over here talking about I know mafiosos. I make a reference to the Sopranos one time. Girl. So, that has been our episode today. Oh, wait. That has not been our episode today. <laughs> I want to say we, the anime I was watching. She um, says that she's been watching the anime. Oh, yeah. We have determined that that is not true. 
uh, we fact checked that on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been watching Fruits Basket because that comes out weekly. And oh, it does. I just want to cry every time I watch it. I highly recommend that show, actually. Yes. It's a really great slice of life. It makes you feel so good. And then it, you know, makes you feel. Yes. Like our theme song. Also, can I recommend a song? Girl, this is your podcast, so, too. So, Elenium just came out with a new song with Tom. Oh, look at that. We ran out of Tom. time. <laughs> Tom, how do you say his last name? You listen to him. I know, but I can never say his last name. You know, Tom, Tom from MySpace? From, no. <laughs> Tom from Blink-182, but he's not in Blink-182 anymore. Uh, Angels and Airwaves. You, whatever. So, yeah, they have a new song called Paper Thin. You should go listen to it because it's fire. And Elenium hasn't come out with, like, good music lately. I mean, they've been okay, but they all kind of sound the same. And this one finally doesn't sound like his other stuff. So it's like, yes. Are they finally making a transition, you feel, like, evolving as artists with this one song? Or just potential? I feel like he has already evolved into the artist that he wants to be or is aiming for. But with that notion you're i feel like a lot of his stuff does sound the same so that makes sense having to put a more alternative rock um style to this song gives it a little bit more flavor and we all love flavor yes okay because you know white people under they don't flavor anything this is they don't season their chicken they don't put salt on the chicken. They don't wash their legs. <laughs> they like to colonize everything. Uh, tell me, I can go on for days. I got a whole and list of stuff white people was do. The last, not last. We have one more episode next. That week. is the end of season two. We did it. Episode five. Yes, I keep forgetting. Like, we, there's two things we need to pay attention to. We did it, you guys. Have a good week. Matane. I got to go On the next episode of PCP Dragon Ball Z Edition. Ooh. Ooh, that was a good one. Shout out to Eileen. Okay, bye. Bye. Did I get my